In a time of chaos and fear, a new super duo will rise to set the world to rights. One, a man with magical mind powers. The other, just a mashed up dude. For your salvation and entertainment, this is Doc Strange and the Dude. Hello there, and welcome, dear listener. <laughs> it's me, Doc Strange, and it's him. And the Dude. So, we have just finished um, episode 10 a couple of days ago, and you've edited it down, and we published it today. And um, we really need to talk very quickly about the Russia report yeah. and the fact that um, our government, as we've said before, but now we, we, you know, we've pretty much got proof uh, they are Russian assets and um, they're not only controlled by Russia, but paid for by Russia. And um, I don't care what they say. If you've, um, somebody said, if you've, um, if you've got a dog, and your dog shits on my carpet, and I say, excuse me, your dog has shit on my carpet, and they go, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm going now. And you go, but come and look at this. And you go, no, I'm not looking, not interested. And they get home, and then they go, uh, yeah, uh, my dog didn't shit on your carpet. And you say, I'm looking at it now, I'm, I'm staring at it, I can see the shit. And you go, no, they didn't, goodbye. It's that kind of mental ignorance like literally putting their fingers in their ears and going la 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 yeah before we go like full metaphor and stuff maybe let's just slow down the russia report only came out uh you know a day or so ago um i watched it live come out i happened to be able to have the chance of it on the telly and listen to the the broadcast and i was kind of jotting down the main points as they went and there are essentially about sort of 10 to 12 main points just need to quickly lay out what the russia report said before you do I made the mistake of downloading the PDF at, I think it was 10.38 that morning, and started reading it. And I, by the time I got to about page 13, you know, everybody's everybody's going on about what it says in there, and I'm still reading it. So yeah, break it down so that people don't have to read it. Yeah, I went by the briefing of, you know, kind of so Julian Lewis uh, and the other guys that were there with him from the uh, the security committee breaking down their conclusions. Uh, so the first things that they pointed out were that Johnson had no reason to delay this from being released before the last general election. So they denied the British public uh, an informed decision in that general election by not by not presenting this information beforehand. Yeah. That there's been a And there was no reason whatsoever for for him not to do that from no. not to release it. No. There is has been a systematic lack of intelligence that has left the UK exposed to foreign interference. That was the, the and again a big conclusion of this report. The UK has been left exposed to foreign in influence. Now, in terms of Brexit, it said that the disinformation effect can't be proved that anybody interfered in Brexit. However, that is because. The government have actively avoided looking for evidence. I'll say that again. They have actively avoided looking for evidence to prove it. So it's not that this 
takes you know set, clears Brexit from having Russian influence, it says that nobody has officially investigated it. If you've committed a crime and you're in charge of of investigating that crime, it's not in your interest to investigate the crime if you can just ignore it. Yeah, which means you're getting away with it, which is mental. So no assessment of inf- of interference was made, despite there being a lot of uh, credible evidence in the public domain, no matter the private domain, even now in the public domain, that said something needs to be looked at. It says we must have a Brexit inquiry with retrospective work to be done, that the public went into the last general election uninformed, uh, but that Russian influence is now the new normal, that people openly discuss the term London grad because London is the preferred money laundering laundromat for oligarchs and, and criminals around the world. Uh, yeah. And and that this Russian influence has, has centralised uh, their influence in this London grad money system. When we've said this before, that there's there's been Russian influence and that it, it, ever since Brexit, all these Russians were coming in and buying up properties Right, they're just they're getting stuff for a penny on the pound because uh, houses are well, not not just houses, houses, businesses, properties. You know, the 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 ass fell out of them. They've been bought up by these rich oligarchs. But the thing is, nobody's looked at where their money's come from, and it's money laundering, and and our government's complicit. A further conclusion uh, was that now this and this is particularly interesting, given we were talking in the last episode about. Uh, the military's interest in what's going on in this country. It says that the UK is lacking the tools to address attacks on our democracy. So again, while we were alerting people to things like Dominic Cummings putting the job up uh, for uh, security clearances to be moved from the Ministry of Defence to his office, this is what we're talking about, that the, the, the checks and balances on our democracy have been stripped away, like we've been saying, and it was saying that there was no clear chain of command of responsibility for dealing with inquiry questions of this nature. So there, isn't, there, there basically isn't the infrastructure there anymore to, to check a, a dodgy government, or, or even that this hadn't even really been considered to be a possibility because of the changes in technology we've had. Um, it says that there are further details that are classified, so we still don't know everything. Uh, but it clearly says that Putin is an established threat to UK democracy and also to democracies around the re- the rest of, uh, particularly the West, but around the world. It says that the Official Secrets Act is no longer fit for purpose. Now that's quite an interesting conclusion as well, and I need to read a little bit more of it myself to see about what that exactly entails. But it sounds like things are being slapped with Official Secrets Act to stop us investigating them, you know what I mean, by the people that have committed the crimes, as you said earlier. It's being misused like everything else. And it ended with a plea for international cooperation in dealing with the threat of Russia in cyber wars and uh, political funding. What we've got is we know that um, Russia got involved with the... um, uh, the Scottish referendum, and uh, that's that's a fact. They're aware of that. Also, the meddling that went on um, in 2016 election for Donald Trump, 
um, and the Americans got onto it and they they looked into it. Um, they've got form. It's what they do. It's their modus operandi. The Russians have, have always wanted to split up the European Union, and uh, you know rather than use technology or weapons, they're using technology that we all use every single day. The response from the government has been really fucking sly, to be honest, is because the line that they keep coming out with is there have been no successful attempts uh, on our democracies, how they're saying it. So they're saying we're kind of half admitting that Russia's a threat and he's doing this stuff, but we don't think people have been influenced about it because we won. And it's like, well, that's not good enough. You know, you can't say that's the case you know you won fairly in those you're not going scenario. to admit you're a cheat are you yeah they won't they won't admit they were a cheat they uh, because it's their necks on the line there's a lot of people that are responsible for essentially looking at this that are the ones that have committed these crimes johnson gove cummings um basically anybody in the cabinet is complicit think about this like uh, theresa may particularly is in the is in the crosshairs on this because in a court case about Brexit, her lawyer stated categorically that she was aware of the referendum potentially being unsafe and she didn't care. She was moving on with it. Now, to do that again with an advisory referendum, that was her opportunity to walk away. And this is where the question is oh, yeah. written. If you step back and think about it, this is where the first real question asks. Theresa May campaigned for Remain. She thought allegedly at that time that brexit was a bad idea now when the the result came through she said i'm i campaigned for you know remain but i'm gonna implement it because it's the will of the people right she's then presented with evidence that says it's potentially not the will of the people you know brexit is a bad idea for the country because you campaigned against it this is your opportunity to say stop look at it maybe we need another referendum slow it down and all the rest of it but no and she triggered article 50 instead she triggered triggered yeah instead she triggered article 50 and blasted ahead with it ignored evidence and the money kept rolling in because after that that's when you started seeing way more you know tennis matches with oligarchs wives for another 10 grand for the tory party funds or you know however much boris johnson you know after the the uh, Russian poisoning on UK soil was at a, a security meeting somewhere, I think like somewhere like Belgium or whatever, and then he left the meeting early without his security detail flew to an oligarch's private house went to a party and came back next day on a plane looking like he'd been dragged through an edge, edge backwards. Yeah, that was 2018 that's when he was still um, Foreign Secretary Foreign Secretary, yeah. So again at this height of this time of trying to get Brexit through and all the rest of it, it's, again, these key players who, especially the one now that's Prime Minister, have some serious questions to answer. It's uh, it's scary. It's scary that um, that people can be bought so easily. And I think... I, I, I read a German website about Boris Johnson when he was in uh, boarding school and how... How basically they're all the same. These these kids are all getting dumped off in boarding school, and then they have to fend for themselves because of all the bullying. And you know you can't come across as being 
stupid. You know, you have to, um, you have to be a bully, and he still talks that way. He still acts as though he's, he's a bully boy and a and a, and a child really, and he strikes me as somebody that doesn't even know what love is. You know, somebody that doesn't understand compassion or empathy. I mean, you know, he's a psychopath. He's a narcissist. Uh, you know. Same as Donald Trump. With the you mentioned Trump. Now this is where obviously things get even more scary. Is because we've currently got Mike Pompeo over trying to negotiate the trade deal between the UK and the US. The day after three hundred and eighty odd Tories vote down an amendment to protect the NHS from being added to an American trade deal. They voted against actually doing their jobs. Yeah, they voted against reviewing trade deals. But this this amendment to that basically said Okay, well, whatever, but the NHS can't be discussed. No, they took that off and put the NHS literally back on the table and then said, oh, that's not what we've done. Yeah, we literally, we can see the record. That's what you've just done. But the point I want to make is to go back to a statement from former MI6 agent Christopher Steele, which kicked off a lot of the initial questions around the, the Russia report. And his statement, I'm going to read it out for you now. And his statement is this. My understanding, arising partly from personal experience with the Trump-Russia dossier, is that this government, perhaps more than its predecessors, is reluctant to see or act upon intelligence on Russian activities when this presents difficult wider political implications. Examples of this include reporting on the Kremlin's likely hold over President Trump and his family and administration, and indications of Russian interference and clandestine funding of the Brexit referendum. In the case of the so-called dossier, this was initially handled appropriately by British intelligence professionals, but on reaching the top political decision-makers, a blanket appeared to be thrown over it, and those who had produced it or were associated with it were also silenced. No inquiries were made or actions were taken thereafter on the substance of the intelligence in that dossier by Her Majesty's government. In the case of political considerations, they seem to outweigh national security interests. If so, in my view, Her Majesty's government made a serious mistake in balancing matters of strategic importance to our country. A prospective trade deal should not ever be allowed to eclipse considerations of national security. So they're putting deals to sell the NHS off ahead of national, knowing that that's, you know, the plan of foreign governments. They're betraying us all. This is treason. This is treason. That is what the, the conclusion of the report is. If, we, if, you, if you want to look at it as an overview, what is the conclusion of the Russia report? It is that our current government have committed and continue to commit treason against the people of this country. They're traitors. They are traitors. I mean, I, I tweeted, you know, off of his head, um, and I mean it, uh, back in the day, you know, this is something that would would have been jumped on. I mean, this is like um, Profumo and Philbin and all that. I mean, this is worse than that. Oh, yeah. This is, this is so much worse. This is the greatest political scandal in UK political history. We have a that our government is influenced by a foreign nation, and we have no mechanism apparently available to to challenge it. No, because they've removed it all. Yeah. So in those situations, history has shown us go out two ways: either the people rise up, or the military does. 
Oh, the military, do you? Which is what we mentioned. I would never think to have considered anything like that in the United Kingdom in my lifetime. Like, we're supposed to be the stable democracy of the world, the, the, that's the example to the world of how stable a democracy can be, and look how it's been destroyed. It is literally attack, an attack on the concept of democracy to be replaced by dictatorships and fascism. Something's going to have to change because there are enough people, whilst the referendum was close, that still leaves at least 48% of the population that are not going to take this shit. I don't think 48% is our number anymore. It isn't. This is what pisses me off, right? This 52-48 bullshit of the amount of votes that were received. Who's to say what those votes were, where they came from? Just like in America, right? How how were those votes made? How many were online? How many were on paper? How many were, you know, dodgy? But also the amount of people that didn't vote as well. It was about two-thirds of the electorate voted in the Brexit referendum. Now, that was a really high proportion for the for the population. Normally, it's only around about 40-odd percent at most uh, that even bother to turn up at the ballot box. But on this occasion, you know, a big portion. But, but that is still a third of the population didn't voice their opinion, didn't make a choice. And you have to wonder, what are those people doing now? Is it that they are so disillusioned, disempowered about it that they're just not interested anymore? I'm just getting on with my life or whatever. Or is it they're going to start waking up? You know, and that's well, I can tell you what it is. I, I, I can tell you exactly what it is because I, where I brought up, I was brought up in Blackburn, Lancashire, where the pigeons fly upside down because it's not worth shitting on. I say that every time I mention it because it gets a laugh and it's true. Uh, the thing about being from Blackburn and, and brought up in that, there was such a mixture of people there. But unlike Bristol, which is a really cosmopolitan place and one of my favourite places in the world, and I'm lucky to live here, is that um, in in Bristol everybody kind of gets on, you know, or they they accept each other, you know. There's not there's not animosity, there's not like loads of racism. It's just everybody seems to get along, you know, as, as best as they can. Um, some more so than others, but in Blackburn, it was always us and them, whether it was. Uh, you know, against Pakistanis and Indians, or whether it was from somebody from another estate, housing estate, or or from another town, there was always somebody else that, that they had to have a go at. Like they had no no confidence in themselves, no compassion. It was always tribal. It was always feudalism. And I got brought up with that. And I would repeat the same things that I heard other people. And said, the more I read, the more I travelled, the more I realised that I didn't belong in Blackburn and that's not to say everybody in Blackburn is racist or you know homophobic or whatever it just so happens that a lot of people in my sphere as a as a kid were and I don't think they realized it my point being is that I remember the mentality of well there's no point voting because they're not going to listen to us it don't make any difference it's all fixed anyway Nobody gives a shit about us, right? Why bother voting for them into power? What they, what have they done for us? And it's all, what am I getting? It's all selfish. It's all like, like I'm not getting anything out of it. They don't seem to look at it and, and see the bigger picture and go, right, well, I need to vote because it's going to do this and we're going to get that and we're not going to get this. Do you know what I mean? 
it, it's it's that I'm all right, Jack. And even people I knew that were on the breadline and and living in fucking squalid council houses and didn't have a lot of money and loads of kids, they would still vote Tory because they thought they'd do better by by voting for them because they all seem so well to do. It's as if they thought that people with a plummy accent were better than them. Just because they'd been to a posh school, they thought, well, actually, they're they're better than what we are. You know, we're thick compared to them. So we'll let them take over. Let them do all that. Because what do I know about politics? I don't know anything. But he does, so let him do it. And that's the mentality. It's, I don't understand it, so let somebody else do it. And that's why they don't vote. That's why they don't make the effort. Because they think, they think they're stupid and they're not stupid. They've, they just need to get out more and read a bit and travel more. And but that's why I find I find you know MPs like um, uh, like Jess from Labour or uh, Mary Black in the oh. the, the Scottish Party. The, Maori, got, oh Maori, I love her, love her. Like I just like these strong women that have come from you know lesser backgrounds and risen up and taken on this this patriarchal old fart system and stuff you know that's yeah. what we need more people like that rather than these crooked old you know Tories that are just playing a game Etonians. generation after generation learning the system about power and how to make money in the background like the amount of money that at the minute you know is being carved out of our economy by contracts yeah. for PPE that we're not getting the PPE for that we you know and when we get it it doesn't work you know, or you know that this contract tracing system that we're paying millions out that that they're not contacting people for, and this is the effect of no. having this foreign government in in power, is that they're doing things to dismantle the protections that the rest of our society has, so that there can be no opposition to it. You know, they're 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 now literally, you know, keeping us pressed down. On the, with with the virus by not attacking it by you know well they've they've got their knees on our necks as a nation yeah yeah they really have you know I know that's a strong metaphor for no it is it, I, I, I've just realised that is a perfect metaphor that's exactly what's happening we we are being uh, we're being held down against our will uh, the only reason that we're in the position that we're in is because we were lied to by people we looked up to. A lot of the people that voted for Brexit did so because they believed what the what their betters were telling them, and so why wouldn't they vote for Brexit? Now we said we said at the time that uh, Brexit was a trial balloon for Trump, but I think that's now flipped because if you look at what's happening in America, Trump is now the trial for what will eventually come here. That his armed police, you know, that we've mentioned before on the streets of Portland, that are throwing people into unmarked vehicles and taking them nowhere. He's literally today announced millions of dollars of funding for of new federal police forces for cities across America. Yeah. So they'll be able to re- essentially recruit their own, recruit their own mob squads to go into other cities that are bringing up any kind of opposition. He's making his move. He's he's trying to do that yeah. military on the streets. This is if you've ever seen that Stephen King film, The Dead Zone. I've said for a long time, Trump is Greg Nielsen, the the, the villain in that. That's gonna that's gonna end up pressing a nuke button to start a holy war on his, in Israel or something like that. You know, he is 
so dangerous and somebody needs to step in and stop him too but the the things that he's doing are trials for what other dictators are going to then that have been seeded around the world are going to try and do you you guy in poland you 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 guy in brazil you know that they've already put these pieces i know in bolsonaro place. yeah they're already putting these fascism pieces in place for for a bigger move well bolsonaro has already said that donald trump is his hero and that he styles himself off Donald Trump. He said that. Mm-hmm. And this is the guy that said, just like Trump did, they, they met up in Mar-a-Lago in March, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and Which is one of uh, Trump's golf courses. They they talked and he was saying, you know, COVID's a load of old nonsense and blah, blah, blah. This guy's had COVID twice. I mean... That's not what I was going to talk about. I, mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that these people are so ignorant and so self-centered that um, they're, they're just willing to let people die. I don't want to get onto COVID again. I'm sick of hearing about it. But yeah. listen, dear, hang on, dear listener, they don't give a fuck about you. They don't care if you die. To imagine that somebody doesn't care if you live or die or not is is a tough thought for a lot of people. Boris Johnson and his mates don't give a fuck if you live or die. They don't care because either way, they're going to make money out of you. We've spoken passionately about uh, the new Joker reflecting society, but this is a situation where it's the Heath Ledger Joker that some men like to watch the world burn. And that's where we're at at the minute. There are plenty of people in positions of power that are willing to watch the world burn to get their position uh, at the top of the mountain of power or whatever they perceive is important in, you know, measuring their dicks. Um, Ozymandias, the king of kings. There is a definite, you know, like you say, global move that people like you, Steve Bannons and that, are behind the curtain organising. Farage is another pawn in it. He's not a big player, but he's the British pawn of it, you know. The, the things that he did is it's, again the money issue raised up in the in the Russia report is key to this. How was Brexit funded? For you know who whose agenda is Brexit? Because all of the promises of Brexit have been shown to be disproven. So in which case you're getting the No Deal thing that we said does not serve the interests of this country. Even the Leave side were saying no one's talking about leaving the single market and all the rest of it. So. We've got the result that was said that Britain didn't want. Why are we still doing it? Yeah. Why? Uh, and we've got now a perfect reason to stop it. You know, to to get away from this mess. And if well, the, okay. So, hang on. You, you say stop it, and I, I, reverse it. People seem to think that because we're out of the EU now, and we're just waiting until December, and then we'll, you know, we'll have the Australia deal. We'll have the Moon deal. You know, we'll have the. It's it's ridiculous. There is no deal. It's bonkers that anybody would think that was a good idea. It's not. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, do you want to go swimming, deep sea diving with no air tank? Do you want to go firefighting without in in the nude? You know, and without a hose pipe, going into trade with no trade deals. That's insane. People think it's a done deal, even though we're out of the EU. But I, I'm always hopeful, even though I talk. I talk negative. I, I'm, I'm always hopeful, and that you know Michael Burney will come along and say, "Well, do you know what? Uh, actually, seeing as you all want to come back in, uh, we've not actually 
we've not actually thrown you out. You know, we've 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 just kept this kept the door open. So yeah, come in. But that's not going to happen. No, because if we were to get back in, we're not going to have the deal we we had, which was the Germany Plus deal, which was the best deal. Which if if anybody looked at the benefits that we had as a member of the EU, we were totally rocking it. Yeah, and people seem to think we weren't. Well. Even when we get back in, we're we're going to have to pay. We're going to have to pay. We're, we're, it's not going to be anywhere near as a, as bad as a no deal, obviously. And I'd say, you know, if if it was like number one was no deal and number ten was the deal that we had with the EU, then we're probably at a seven. You know, we're not. It's not going to be terrible, but we're we're still going to have to pay a little bit more and make more of an effort. Uh, and and I think it can happen if remainers. And if Brexiters join together and take to the fucking streets and say no to this bunch of cocksuckers. Yeah, well, that's the key thing there. You have to think, in terms of legal terms, we have left the EU, right? We're out already. We're now we're in the transition period to try and make it not an absolute shit show. The thing is, the Article 50 triggering... Uh, has always clearly said that it must be in line with the political system of the country um, that that's leaving. So initially when it was triggered, that's why there was a legal challenge because it hadn't been through Parliament. And then they went through Parliament with it to verify it kind of retrospectively, which was bullshit, but nevertheless, that's how they got it to go through. If we establish through a Brexit inquiry that... Brexit was unsafe, that it was not a free and fair election to get that result, then there is a legal challenge against that Article 50 to actually null and void everything that's ever that's happened since the referendum. So actually, in legal terms, even potentially getting the old deal back, theoretically. However, that is a King Long shit show, and to be honest, to get through a legal case like that would probably be, you know, five to ten, ten years. years. Exactly, by which time we yeah. might as well just complete the new process and start again. Um, I think the EU would also demand a criminal investigation and prosecution of people involved for us to rejoin. Yeah. If that's established. And I think that's going to be a key thing is that it's very difficult to get a, a country to thrust a, a prime minister or even a former prime minister into the court in The Hague or wherever else, you know, a foreign court, the court of, you know, the European court or whatever, a country sending one of its senior politicians, even if they think he is dodgy as shit, it's not something that's really done because it's seen as somehow, you know, being international weakness or whatever or giving up your sovereignty and authority. The question that people are asking now, is what do we do? Yeah. Like, and I mentioned V for, Ven, Van, uh, v for Vendetta uh, in the last podcast. Um, and and I, I listened to the podcast again and, and I thought, yeah, it, I'm not saying we need gunpowder, treason and plot by any means. But I think, and, and I was actually planning on doing it today. And then I thought, no, I've got other things to do. But <laughs> I, uh, I have been bu- I've been busy today. I've been busy building a a, a big antenna, and uh, yeah, it's, it took a lot longer than I planned, but but it was worth it in the end. Um, we need to at least 
stand outside our MP's uh, office uh, workspace with a couple of plaques saying, you know, uh, Tory lies, Russian spies, right? Th- these people need to be aware. Most of the people that live in my village will uh, voted Tory and they'll probably vote again. But my MP, not saying his name, he signed, you know, he signed up for all the things that the that the Tories wanted, right? But yet here he is kissing babies and all this sort of thing. And virtually everybody I know that mentions this guy thinks he's a cunt. I I don't understand how he even got voted again. Well, it's the same. It's the same with the government. They are. Everybody can see it, but I don't understand why they're voting for it. They're they're, they're paying for adverts on Facebook in. Uh, marginal groups on on the, the immigration issue. People have been showing you know clips on Twitter going, look, this is what the Tories are paying for at the minute. They are purposely perpetuating this division, and that they want the hostility. Today in Prime Minister's Question Time, um, you know he was at, Johnson was asked about the Russia report, and again he came back with some kind of flip flop. Oh, the gag, the gag about more flip flops on than on Bournemouth Beach. Yeah, and it and it, he got. Thrown it thrown back in his face by Starmer amazingly. He said, you know, well, says the man that wrote two, you know, writes two columns on everything. He's got two positions on every issue because, you know, he has. But it was all that it was very much about, oh, the Russia report is trying to stop Brexit was the argument he was coming out with. He kept saying Starmer was, was an Islington elite that just wants to stop Brexit. And you go, hang on, Boris lived in Islington exactly. and he is elite, so yeah. what's that about? People are going, oh, I used to cycle past your house and you went to Eton. What are you talking about, Islington elite? You know, this is a nonsense. He's, he's trying to create this. And people that are voting for him are going, yeah, he's right, blooming Islington. And not seeing the obvious double standard in, you know, in that very statement. I've got to say, Islington's very nice. I've done some great parties in Islington. Mm, I'd, I'd, I'd like to come back again one day. But it's... The fact that they're getting away with it all the time, and it, and it's because they are saturating people with propaganda and stuff through channels that you're not seeing because it's you know BBC News is doing a good enough job for it's, them as it is. Well, hang on, hang on. Let, uh, yeah, I've got to jump. I've got to say this before I forget. Yes, I'm not seeing the channels and I'm not watching the TV. But if if Facebook uh, is if they're paying for ads on Facebook, and I've tried ads on Facebook and you can you can funnel down to who you want to hear your message yeah. that almost down to the colour of their eyes. You know, you don't have to know that person, but you've got to say, well, you know, what's the age group I'm looking for? Well for me when I when I entertain the kids, I want people, you know, young adults, uh, young parents, maybe uh, late twenties, uh, in the in their early thirties, uh or you know, up to about forty, so you can go well. Okay, so let's let's go for uh, professional parents, twenty-seven to forty years of age, and you can choose income and everything else. Yeah. Well, the Tories are paying for this propaganda that is specifically targeted to us and our likes and dislikes and everything that Facebook knows about us. And believe me, Facebook knows more about you than you know about yourself. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, this data is being used, and like with Cambridge Analytica, when they, they, they took the data and they basically stole it from Facebook, even though Facebook's complicit, they, they stole the data because they launched an app. And all these apps for, you know, change your face or look like a woman or you know, whatever these stupid apps are, and people sign up for it and they give in the details. As soon as they sign in using Facebook, Facebook shares all your details and they've got it and they and but they would know who your friends were as well and your friends friends and so within no time at all they had a profile on everybody and that's what these people are doing they are targeting you to tell you lies that you will believe there's a fella that's been talking to i saw talking to ed Miliband uh, on his podcast um the other day and he was saying he was talking about Google, Facebook, all of these things. And he said, what you have to realize is you are the product. Yeah. You don't give any money to these companies. They get their money from advertisers. So they are selling you. So they don't give a shit about what your opinion is. If you're offended by something, it does, you don't worry about what the tin of beans says on the, on the supermarket shelf. You are the product. So the only way that you can have an influence is doing is by backing campaigns like stop funding hate and uh, t so that they can go to the advertisers directly and say look the people you're trying to sell products to are actually really offended by this and if you continue to use yeah. this whilst they still do this then you are going to have a boycott yeah for years perfectly decent companies have been advertising in newspapers like the daily hate mail yeah uh, which just spews hatred and racism and you know causes diversion in the country because that's what the government wants is they want people arguing over themselves it's machiavellian it's yeah. divide and conquer and they want that they want people to fall out and then we're not looking at what they're doing i'm going to be doing um a, a new series of videos soon um, about retail particularly and business uh, and the effects and interactions with society and responsibilities. And I've always had this sort of founding opinion as someone that's you know spent a lot of time working in the service industry to the public of businesses have seem to have forgotten where they are in the, the, the hierarchy of society. Like you pay your taxes for permission to operate within this community and if yeah. you, you have to pay back if you're going to take out the money resource from this community you have to give a little bit back in terms of your taxes for schools hospitals roads etc etc you know if you're driving big trucks down the down the roads that these people are using every day then you need to pay a bigger chunk for its wear and tear because you're wearing it out you know things like right. that. that's that's why big companies need to pay their taxes and avoiding it is shirking your responsibility to the rest of the society that you operate within oh but they provide jobs if it doesn't provide you with a living wage then no it doesn't if you've got to take us like there was hilariously this week visa teamed up with mcdonald's to produce a budget so to show people how they could survive on the minimum wage in america right in their example it didn't have money for like food uh or like uh, electricity or, or heating um and one of the key components was 
you needed a second job. So you go, well, hang on, you've not proved your point at all then, have you? If you need a second job, you've not proved that this job pays enough to live on. But you still publish that report with a straight face. You think that this is the level of idiocy that can contempt that they hold for people. A lot of companies get away with not paying proper wages or even having the wages subsidised by the government, um, like with the uh, over the lockdown, having the, the furloughs and everything. Now, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, the furlough is very generous, but, you know, three million company directors were not covered by the furlough, uh, myself included. Uh, it wasn't until, I think, the 12th or 13th week uh, I managed to get a furlough because my accountants changed my PAYE from annual to monthly. But it means now that I pay more to my accountant I have to pay monthly now. But anyway, yeah, so the thing is about the government subsidising people's wages when they're working for a big company. I just read that Tesco's, and I, this, I need to check this, but Tesco's managing director or the boss CEO of it just got paid $6.5 million. Um, and they've got record, I think, over £600 million profits uh, last year, which is down on the usual, but uh, it's still you know, really good. But it turns out that their their staff aren't being paid proper wages and um and, and it's being subsidized as well. But it's not just them. Uh the loads of other companies and <clears throat> it's not fair. It's not fair that people are not being paid a proper wage when the companies make such high profits and they I think the that Tesco's are they're sacking cleaners to save three hundred million when cleaners are the most important parts of that company right now because because of covid they need to be spotless yeah. and and i read that uh, they've done that to save loads of money so that they can pay their shareholders well that's wrong this is going to be we mentioned gunpowder plot earlier but essentially it's issues and contempt like this that are going to be the gunpowder on the ground that's going to start the fires on the streets eventually because discontent is growing in the public the people are really starting to feel like that they're just being they're just taking the piss and it's just blatant corruption and criminality uh and it's their you know it's their families and futures and lives that are on the line it's been that historic thing of like you said mentioned about class thing about dofting your cap and going yes sir no sir and you always you know you expect there's going to be a little bit of grubby on the side, people trying to make, you know, a few quid or whatever. But this is ridiculous, you know, to just be taking hundreds of millions of pounds out and, and the result is people haven't got protection to save lives yeah. and things like that, you know. This is the sort of stuff that does cause revolutions. So Brexit was sold on the basis of, of sovereignty and taking back control and we've actually given control to, to Putin. Something's going to snap. For too long now, we've been right. We should have we should have put bets on the amount of times we were right. I mean, we right we'd be loaded now, right? So, I think whoever's listening now, I'm I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to tell you what, what what's going to happen. People are going to look at countries like France or the the good people of Portland, and. They're going to say, why the fuck am I sat here on my ass, doing nothing, waiting, hoping 
that somebody's going to do something. All it takes is for somebody to just go out the door and make a bit of a noise or, you know, lie down in the street or, you know, uh, hold a placard or something, anything. Just just a tiny little thing, a peace, peaceful. What's going to happen is other people will start to see it's not just me that sees this. Because for too long, people make out that we're... Cons- I've been called a conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. by people who think the fucking Earth's flat. Right? Yeah. It's mental. Well, we've already seen a response from, you know, kind of Brexit voters and so forth to dismiss this. And an immediate reaction I've experienced is laughably, yeah, but what about Corbyn? He was a commie. And I'm like, how are you even still concerned about Jeremy Corbyn and that commie stuff when when I'm I'm giving you a report saying the Prime Minister is compromised by Russia? Like, how is that even an argument? But what about this? No, no, no. He's irrelevant. The issue is the man in power is, you know, a traitor. Watch about it. Be aware of that. But in terms of, you know, people rising up and taking action and so forth, I think it's going to be, eventually, we'll see somebody that was maybe an organiser of Remain, something like that, um, will arrange another march. We'll, we'll name a day. And the difference will be, it's not just a day trip. People are going to have to be prepared to be, you know what, we might be here a week. We might be here two weeks. It might get, you know, I might get tear gassed. I might get a policeman hit me with a truncheon. I might get arrested. You probably will get arrested, but you're going to have to be brave, essentially, because the response to this isn't going to be, you know, as polite as it was last time, because they've seen other authoritarian governments taking a stronger hand. I'm going to give you a tip now, okay? If you get picked up by the police, if they feel your collar, instantly be subservient, right? You... Because the protesting's ended. As soon as they've got hold of you, your protest is over. You've done your bit, but now you have to go and sit back on the bench. And it it might mean going down to the cop shop. As soon as they feel your collar, you smile, you are courteous, you are graceful, you do not resist. And uh, when when you get to the station, they will look after you, right? They will not give you shit. They will look at, yeah, they'll process you, whatever. Yeah, your fingerprints and all that malarkey. But that doesn't mean you're a criminal. It doesn't mean that you're going to get arrested. And if you're honestly decent and nice to these police people, right, uh, you'll be fine. Don't be a dick. Do the protest and then when they get you, just chill the fuck out. Because it's the people... Uh, now I'm going to correct myself here, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's the people who make the biggest noise and and call them names and spit at them and all that. They're the ones that accidentally fall downstairs, or you know, they don't have a nice time of it. So you know, be aware of that. However, if you're black, I'm sorry, I can't guarantee you're going to be all right because I'm talking about white privilege. I've never been black, but from what I see. Black people have a really shit time, and that's why Black Lives Matter. Perspective is all I'm saying is be prepared for any eventuality. But you're right, absolutely. If if you've been arrested, 
they can only then charge you with whatever bullshit charge about your protest that they've drummed up to make your arrest. So if you spit or abusive or punch that copper, they've then got a proper charge to have you on. So as you say, fantastic advice. Like your protest is the, the benching metaphor you make there is perfect. It's like being tagged out in wrestling. You know, things like that. Yeah. You've, you've done your bit. Now's your rest time. Because the quicker you get through that system is the quicker you can be back on the street and joining the fight again. Yeah. And, and look, there's a lot of there's a lot of good people that, you know, famous people that that, that have done exactly that. And, and it, maybe it's gone on the record or whatever. But it doesn't stop you from from carrying on in your life. And it makes you feel better about yourself because you've made an effort. You've done something. Took a stand. And, you don't want to look back and go, fucking hell, I just sat on my ass letting that happen and I could have been a part of that because there's no worse feeling. Because I'll tell you now, I loved rave music in the 80s, loved it, but I I didn't go to raves. I, I went to parties before, but I didn't go to raves. I've got my reasons, I'm not going to get into it now. But I look back now and I go, fucking hell, I should have gone to a few of them, you know? But I didn't. We've said this before, but it's probably worth repeating is that question, uh, dinner party question is, well, during the times of the rise of Hitler, what would you have done? Because the answer is what you're doing right now. What what you're doing right now. This is what we're talking about. The rise of global fascism. It's happening. It's well in motion. It's been going on for a long time. And if you're wondering what those people did in Germany, you're doing it right now. Don't be that. Take a stand. Be a voice, at least. Start voicing your concern loudly and clearly. This corruption will not stand. UK democracy and sovereignty must be restored. Can't sit quiet. You know, you, you've got to... Uh, look, I can, I can go super paranoid uh, conspiracy theorist now, right? Because, you know, there's times when a thought will come into me and I'll go, well, that's that's really fucking bizarre, right? But I will point it out. And, and that is that... Uh, the Nazis didn't disappear, you know, the end of the war. They didn't all just fucking die. They didn't, you know, they didn't all get vaporised or, or put in gas chambers like, like six million Jews. That That's not what happened. They disappeared in that they went to different countries. Well, some people, you know, they know that they went to Argentina, right? But that they went everywhere. They went to America. The, the, the Nazis went to NASA. And work for NASA. We, if it wasn't for the Nazi scientists, we wouldn't have put uh, man on the moon. Well, they've they've gone out and they've done whatever they've done. Now, let, this is the conspiracy thing. What if they've been infiltrating government? What if that they've been training their kids to be Nazis by sending them to certain boarding schools or certain colleges that will teach that doctrine? What if? It is a Nazi thing that and the Nazis haven't gone, and now they've got all the people. They've got Trump, they've got Putin, they've got uh, Bolsonaro, they've got the guy in Poland. Can never remember his name? It's foreign. Uh, <laughs> they've got all these people. They and they they're like right, okay. They, this is the Fourth Reich. This is it. We've worked up the last fifty years. Let's let's do this. Let let it loose on the world. And and that's my paranoid conspiracy thing is what if what if that but that's how it looks to me yeah it's not paranoid you know they've already, they've openly got their QAnon 
you know, movement that's exactly that, saying, you know, we've we've moved people into place and it's time to rise up. They're rising up. We need to counter-rise up back. We've got to fight it. So, dear listener, I hope that we've given you food for thought, maybe massaged your ear, uh, or, or your little brain, and go, tickle, 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 what is it going But we do this just for us. But if you get something out of it, if you're listening to us, we don't know you're listening to us. We want to know you. We want to know who you are. So just say hello. You can find me on Twitter at ChrisDocStrange. You can visit the website, ComedyHypnotistShow.com. But, you know, let us know. Talk to me. How do they get older, you, dude? As always, you can find me on Twitter at HolyMole. Also, Search for the same thing on YouTube. You'll probably find me there. So that's it. Look us up. Say hello to us. Let us know you listen. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. And please, it's time to stand up. Let's all do it. Let's all stand up and say we're having no more of this. Viva la revolution. Be safe. (laughs) Yeah, viva la revolution. Be safe. Be kind to yourself. And just remember, life is a roller coaster. Sometimes you have ups and downs, side to side. Sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's fun. The one thing you can guarantee is the ride is going to end. So, you might as well enjoy it. And that, my dear friends, was from Bill Hicks, my favourite comedian. And I shall leave you with that and say, bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Just an average man with an average life. I work from nine till five. Hell yeah, I pay the price. All I wanna be is left alone in my average home. So why do I always feel like I live in the twilight zone? Sometimes it feels like somebody's watching me and I have no privacy.
you need clarity in a world gone mad, you can tweet at ChrisDocStrange or at Holy Mole. Doc Strange and the Dude is a Strange Mole production.